Hello, and welcome to my Missioners podcast. I'm Karina Givargizov, the founder of Mission, the first fashion philanthropic interactive media brand. For fashion, for beauty, for good is our motto, if you don't know it already. We are a little behind on doing these podcasts, as we've had our head down working on our last issue we just launched, the sustainability issue. So now we're back on track doing our podcasts. And we have some exciting people lined up, starting with this one. Today I talked with an important and very impressive visionary. This gentleman works at one of the most successful luxury fashion companies in the world. In this episode, we talk about the metaverse and how this company embraced the digital revolution very early on. We also talk about the world of gaming, organic collaborations, and an exciting new collaboration they're about to announce. And as we keep talking, I notice a pattern forming. He really does seem to have been in the right place at the right time in his career. You'll get it too when you tune in and listen. Please welcome my next guest, Robert Trafus, the Executive Vice President of Brand and Customer Engagement of Gucci. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for, for a while, but I didn't, I don't know, I just thought you're so busy and you have such a, a, a major job at a major house and I felt I'm just going to fortune favors the bold they say so I thought, I'm just going to put it out there and ask you and your team said yes which I'm like fantastic yeah well look it's uh it's a pleasure and and uh, of course uh have always uh admired what you're doing so uh happy to to have a conversation for sure thank you thank you and I have to say I've said um when I was talking to my team this week you and the house of Gucci were the first people the first company to get behind mission um, you, you saw the potential and, and also the, I guess, the authenticity uh, of what the, you know, what missions, what I'm trying to do. Um, and honestly, if it wasn't for Gucci and for you for supporting that, we would never have got it off the ground. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. At the, the same time, uh, obviously, things that get continuity, get continuity because they're uh, they're giving some meaning to something. So, uh, you know, the, the credit at the end of the day is uh, for your vision and, and your tenacity to, to carry it forward. Also during uh, what has been for everyone a pretty uh, trying couple of years. So. Yes, yes. Well, it's actually, do you know, it's been um, all of that's been a silver lining for us um, because of being digitally interactive uh, has helped us m- massively. Um, and But also for Gucci as well with your expansion into nfts and metaverse and 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 we'll get onto that in a moment because that's so over my head all of that um that's when i feel really old is when we start talking about all of that but um you know i think robert i i i was looking we were kind of your team sent your bio over you and i met a long long time ago when i used to work at the face um and you were armani okay and yeah. I remember coming to Milan um, to a dinner um, and meeting you. And I think I was with Katie Gran and Jefferson Hack. Um, okay. like the, Brit- the British press contingent were, um, were at an event. And just looking at your incredible trajectory of how you had your own ad agent, your own agency beforehand um, in the UK, yeah. and then have gone on, went into America with Calvin Klein um, and then Armani. And now is it, is it 13, 14 years you've been at Gucci? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time. I mean, uh, time is such a, a tricky thing because it plays games with you, especially the older that you get. And uh, yes, sometimes sometimes it feels like I've been here a short amount of time, <laughs> uh, and then sometimes uh, it's it, you know time stretches out. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, I've I've uh, I've been um, fortunate in the sense that I've had the opportunity to work in different places at different times in different cities in the world. And, um, you know, I feel fortunate to have had all those different experiences. You know, we often think about life being a, a kind of tapestry. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been I've been quite fortunate, not just to have had the opportunity to work in, uh, as I say, different companies in different cities, but also uh, companies are made up of people. And, and uh, in every every case, I've been extremely fortunate to have worked with very inspiring people throughout my uh, my career and and those individuals uh leave uh marks upon you and and uh you carry those forward so uh, uh there are there are kind of a sequence of uh, of people in my life my work life particularly mm -hmm. with, uh, who've who've really given me uh kind of the opportunity to to take things forward so i'm, I'm grateful for that you clearly very creative and visionary yourself. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to go at those certain brands that you've you've landed in in the past, and also where you are now. Um, so you have that creative drive, I think, in you naturally. I, I would assume that's the right to say that because it's to be at Gucci for fourteen years is remarkable, and you must have seen such incredible trajectory and, and changes within the company. Yes, I mean, look, uh, the interesting thing about the industry that I work in. Um, is that it is the beauty of the industry is that it is about it is about beauty and uh, in uh, in a role if you can combine uh, creativity and beauty with um, those let's say probably more um, business led priorities that help to grow uh, to grow ideas growing ideas means growing companies when you when you're able to combine i often refer to it as the left brain and the right brain if you if you have that opportunity it, it's a great thing and it's not for everyone not everyone mm. necessarily wants to kind of play in both those fields and and also not everyone uh, honestly speaking necessarily has that capability and i don't mm. i don't mean that in a way that makes it seem that people who who do and can play with left and right brain are better than those who perhaps are more left brained or more right brained I, I do think that the industry that I work in um, has that that wonderful opportunity to combine creativity and beauty uh, with uh, with strategy and and uh, and with building with building businesses. So it's a, it's an exciting uh, convergence. Let's call it. Before we came on this podcast, I was thinking of like my workload is just ridiculous, and I'm constantly exhausted. And then I look at what you, you do, your job role. I mean, it's huge you must be so just busy and working do you do how's the travel kind of with the change in how with yeah. COVID and everything has that made it incredibly difficult to just yeah. go and do other things around the world because I imagine you're um, I was just thinking of your schedule of how you manage your workload mm -hmm. um with mm -hmm. having such a I mean I I want to say being you know, working with one of, if not the biggest fashion house in the world. And there's not even with COVID happening and, and um, awful other life events, 
Gucci hasn't slowed down and it hasn't stopped. It's actually gathering more and more momentum and and more exciting things you're doing. Um, so yeah. how, how, how do you manage all of this? You know, if we think about the kind of digital revolution and how it has over time impacted all of us, and, and I think back to to when the internet was first introduced and mm. I, I used to connect and you heard that funny noise as you went on America <laughs> yes. AOL. And, yeah. and it, it was kind of a terrifying noise because you didn't know quite whether you were going to get connected or not. Mm. And then you got connected and so it was quite a satisfying noise. But that, that in a way, signaled uh, how life was changing. You know, I, I grew up writing letters and putting letters in a mailbox. Yes. And and uh, and uh, you know uh, making fax machines <laughs> exactly making photocopies and doing faxes and things like that. So I think that as uh, the digital revolution has changed our lives over over decades, this has been a, a, a long term evolution in the way that we do things and the way not that we just do things at work, but how we interact with ourselves individually and with our friends and with families and with colleagues. Um, and of course, arriving at the current moment in time with COVID, how COVID, and you just referenced how for you, uh, you called it a silver lining. I mean, the reality is that COVID, we will look back on COVID in, uh, you know, in, in, in ways that are both good and bad. And, yes. and certainly there, there is no doubt that the, the digital revolution and what that has brought uh, to, to human uh, nature and human existence was um, catalyzed also during mm -hmm. the COVID period. So for someone who was a traveler and who would be used to going from maybe country to country within a, co a continent or from continent to continent, um, you know, suddenly being locked down and not having the ability to travel, but still having a role that required you to, to kind of work through the 24 hour day, so to speak, as the sun mm -hmm. rises in the uh, in in one part of the world and, and sets in another part of the world. You know, Teams and Zoom and all the platforms mm -hmm. that have now become somewhat second nature to all of us uh, became uh, the new way of of living and so um the intensity of uh, of our lives probably during covid in a certain sense increased you know yes. it didn't mean going didn't mean going through security and getting on <laughs> plane and, and going through customs but it did mean sometimes in the course of a day doing 15 back-to-back -back, uh zoom or teams or other kinds of uh, digital meetings that were uh, quite exhausting in their own right. And um, in terms of our productivity, it means and it meant that we became in a way even more productive because I was able to meet in one day, and, uh, and frankly, I could have done it anyway, but the COVID era brought it front and center. Uh, I was able to meet in one day colleagues from all around the world who I was more used to meeting at an airport and then spending three days with, uh, uh, to, you know, in meeting rooms, in physical mm -hmm. rooms. Yes, yes. So, so I think that, you know, as we come out of, of the pandemic, um, and we start to, to understand how we want to go back to, as it were, a more physical existence. Um, one of the things that we're going to have to navigate uh, is how, you know, the digital manifestation of our existence 
um, interrelates uh, with the physical. And, and by the way, of course, Web3 mm-hmm. and the metaverse. I mean, the metaverse to me is simply uh, um, an, an, an indication of the convergence that has been going on over a long time, uh, but now is reaching a real tipping point of our digital manifestation and our physical manifestation. Yes. And of course, it's all up to us. It's a matter of choice how engaged you are in the metaverse uh, and uh, and how engaged you want to be and how much you want to have a digital manifestation of yourself and your experiences. That's just wild, isn't it, when you're just talking like that? That sounds so futuristic. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, it's, futu- it's futuristic, but frankly, uh, you know, especially, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of obvious thing to say, but especially Generation Z and, and yes. now the, 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 uh, the new Generation Alpha, uh, you know, these are generations that are absolutely native to the digital world. And so our um, uh, understanding of physical experiences and, and, uh, and particularly in terms of media, physical experiences of media are extraordinarily different to how mm-hmm. uh, Gen Z and the, gen, the, the, the new generations are, are experiencing things. Yes. I mean, they, they've said for a long time prior to COVID that, everything's digital first and digital this, but it really wasn't. Um, and I think, you know, like you were saying, with COVID happening, everyone was forced to just really go into the digital realm. Um, and it really, it really fast-tracked all of that. It did. It did. And I mean, look, here's another uh, anecdotal experience. You know, I mean, this DJ that, that you may have heard of, DJ Nice, um, he became, he became uh, world-renowned because of his... Uh, 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 nights that he would do in the in the virtual place in the digital space uh, that people could go and and uh, in their lockdown state they could actually feel that they were in a club and with other people and now he is one of the most sought after DJs in physical events because people are wanting to bring <laughs> that experience that they had in lockdown into the physical realm so uh, i mean to your point it's very interesting and it will be very interesting uh, to see how uh, how we we bring those experiences forward out of the covid era with the covid era with everything was so all your senses are very hypened um with what was going on and so you're more engaging and it's interesting to kind of shift onto that into something physical um like a, a lot of our our team and our audience are our, our gen z's and millennials and it's um when we started doing the, the printed the magazine um it was the younger generation that really actually are our our, our key audience that, that buy it because they're used to they've grown up on their iphones and their ipads so to have yeah. something tangible now is is new and exciting like vinyls coming back you know our record yeah. players um so it's really interesting to see this 360 but also accelerating into different like the metaverse like you're saying that dj i have heard of him but i didn't do I know they're doing Zoom parties and drinks on a Friday and Zooms. And I mean, quite. I was too busy. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you were because things didn't stop. But um, I have to ask, have you always been interested in the fashion industry? Like what, what, what inspired you to get into your what, what did you can ask what you studied at school? 
Yeah, no, I mean, look, uh, I, I went to Manchester University. I studied uh, e e BA. I got a BA in uh, economics uh, oh, and, uh, and business studies, but frankly, uh, was not, uh, I would say, the most committed student at university. And uh, <laughs> I, found, I found my way uh, into the media industry because I started off life doing, I got into a graduate management trainee with a big, uh, with a big bank and decided I didn't want to do that and mm -hmm. uh, ended up uh, actually working in a, uh, a, a public relations consultancy in London in Soho. And one of my clients, I was fortunate enough to uh, start working on the launch of a newspaper. It was called the Today newspaper. It was Britain's. I remember first, that. Yeah, Britain's first color newspaper. And uh, there was a, an entrepreneur at the head of that newspaper called Eddie Shah. And yes. uh, I ended up working for Eddie Shah and he, he brought me in house. And uh, and that that's kind of when my my journey in in terms of my career began, and uh, I was very inspired by him. But uh, uh, in the end, his uh, that paper you may recall was purchased by one of the uh, bigger groups, uh, and so I ended up working for a bigger media group, and uh, and that was when I I began to have a yearning to set up my own company, and with a couple of of friends, uh, we set up an agency in in Soho. Uh, a marketing consultancy. And uh, one of my clients uh, was Anita Roddick, uh, the, the, yes. of the body shop. And uh, the reason that she became a client was because I noted that she and her husband had been to New York and they had uh, seen uh, this uh, uh, homeless person selling a newspaper on the streets of Washington called Street News. And uh, because I had uh, been recently working in newspapers and helping newspapers to launch, I offered they they'd come back from from America and they decided they wanted to launch a newspaper for homeless people to help themselves. And uh, I helped them to launch a project called The Big Issue. Wow. Um, and uh, and so she was a client of mine because I was helping with that launch. And she then invited me to join the body shop. And uh, I ended up working for a little while in their headquarters in Littlehampton. And then she invited me to go to America and help uh, with the, uh, the business in America. So I found my way to New York, uh, where I was located for the body shop. And uh, their, their main headquarters in America at that time was in New Jersey, but they decided to move to North Carolina. And I didn't want to go down to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I was enjoying myself in New York. And I, I therefore, I didn't want to leave America. And I ended up working for a big uh, American communications company called, uh, it was part of the Omnic, Omic, uh, call it Om Omicron. I'm thinking of COVID. That's a, that's a phrase. <laughs> it's called Omni Omnicom. And, um, yeah. And uh, that was where one day I got a phone call uh, out of nowhere because I'd never had an idea to work in the fashion industry. I got a phone call from a headhunter who was working for Calvin Klein and somehow he got my number and he said to me, uh, oh, um, Calvin is uh, is uh, really looking to take his business global and he's got uh, a new CEO who's come over from Italy and she's putting a, an executive team together. Would you like to come and meet Calvin and, and uh, wow. talk, about, uh, talk about taking on the the role uh, of overseeing uh, the, the company's communications. And so I ended up, you know, the only thing I knew about Calvin Klein was the fact that I wore underwear with his name on. 
and uh, and so uh, I, I ended up in a for for me what was a very surreal circumstance meeting Calvin Klein and talking about helping him to take his company global. But what was significant was that that was back in '92 at a time where this industry was really just becoming a serious industry. It was for the first time being seen as a as a sector you know the luxury mm. sector was considered a real uh, business and uh, and so since then uh, you know the industry obviously has grown dramatically and you've obviously had the formation of these big groups and that that was how i i found my way into uh, into fashion bloody hell that's incredible you know i just got an email from um someone that i know through a photographer who's connected me to anita's daughter sam Roddick. I know Sam. I mean, I haven't spoken to her for like 20 years, but please yes. say hello to her. I will. We've been doing email, um, chasing each other on emails to try and um, meet up. because I know she's not in the UK often. Um, so, yeah, I want to speak to her. But that's that's incredible. What a trajectory to go to Calvin. And that must have been jaw dropping rather. You know, uh, Calvin, as I've told you, every I've been fortunate to have worked for some very inspiring individuals. You know, if you think about Eddie Shah, who mm-hmm. kind of disrupted the newspaper industry, if you think of Anita Roddick, who yes. disrupted the beauty industry. Uh, and then uh, if you think about Calvin, who in his own way disrupted the fashion industry. So I, I was very fortunate to have in some some way uh, mentors and who uh, you know, clearly, in, you know, instilled in me uh, different uh, values and, and different uh, uh, capabilities. And, and Calvin, in those years, uh, his business was growing dramatically fast. And he was really quite a cultural icon because mm-hmm. he had, he, he uh, as great creative directors do, he was very much in touch with uh, Zeitgeist. And so, uh, yeah, it was it was a very interesting time. You know, all of that you've just said just made me just think of where you are now, Gucci with Alessandro. It's true, though, right? He's ahead of the time, like the zeitgeist as well, and what everything Gucci are doing. Yeah. It's yeah, you know, as I say, I am uh, and consider myself fortunate to have had these different opportunities because you know, brands and companies at the end of the day are um, essentially driven by human human vision, human inspiration, uh, and who you have at the top of companies is uh, is, is clearly the, the, the individual or the individuals who shape the future of, uh, of those brands and those companies. And you, in history, you can immediately identify uh, the greatest companies by the individuals who've helped them to become the greatest companies or the greatest brands. And, and uh, here at Gucci, back in 2015, when Marco Bizzari uh, took uh, the decision to appoint Alessandro Michele as the creative director, that will be remembered uh, in, in fashion history as a really visionary decision. I mean, and little, little did he know, he didn't have a lot to work on, but he worked on his instincts and gave Alessandro the chance. And, wow. and as you say, Alessandro uh, absolutely has been in touch with the zeitgeist, if not leading in some cases, the zeitgeist over the last uh, six or seven years. Must be so exciting to be there and just thinking. I mean, every time we get the emails, we see the news of what Gucci is doing, and it's it just to pull a show off in LA you did recently. And I saw that and I was thinking the logistics of doing that must have just been incredibly tough. Um, working with is it is it Roblox that you partnered with as well yeah. last year? Yeah. Um, doing all this stuff, being ahead 
I, What's I, been the I, most impactful experience? I want to say to you, but I wouldn't know what you would choose because they all just seem so exciting. It's it's all to do with uh, culture that you create uh, for the individuals who work in the company. Because um, if you have a culture that says we are willing to take risks, we're willing to embrace change. We are cognizant of the fact that what we did today or yesterday isn't necessarily what we should be doing tomorrow or the next day. Um, that kind of mindset allows you, I think, and empowers you to do great things and to, to kind of take on challenges and, and, and think big. And uh, so if, if you've got that culture, then uh, it, it becomes much more easy to navigate uh, what may seem either a kind of impossible idea mm. or uh, uh, an idea that maybe uh, others would not take on. Um, that, that being said, you also have to be pragmatic. So, I mean, putting mm. on a show like the one that we put on in Los Angeles in the middle of COVID, by the way. Uh, yes. We were we were lucky because we put it on in between uh, lockdowns in Los Angeles. So we 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 of course didn't know it was going to be in between. Yes. But 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 equally, you you obviously bring build a team around you and and also those that you engage with externally. I mean, there was an individual in the uh, city of Los Angeles uh, uh, department uh, that that we worked with who without uh, that individual's kind of excitement for what we were doing, we probably wouldn't have been able to do it. So there, there are individuals you meet along the way mm. who you engage with. And, and Roblox is, a, is an interesting example. I mean, clearly, this is uh, very much uh, in, the, in the realm of Web3 and the metaverse. I mean, Roblox is, uh, is a remarkable company that uh, in a very short number of years has uh, achieved a huge valuation. And the valuation is based upon the fact that it has very successfully built a community, uh, a, a very engaged community. So um, I think that, uh, um, you know, when you connect uh, individuals or, or brands or companies who think the same, great things can, can kind of happen. I suppose as well, it, but, then, but at Gucci, everybody's on the same page as well. So it's a it, community it, there that you all have this outside the box thinking. Yeah, and I, I really do put that down to the leadership and the vision of, uh, of, of what is, you know, what sets uh, fashion companies apart and luxury fashion companies apart from, from other companies is that we have this unusual uh, pairing of a, a CEO and a creative director. And, and if you look back in time, the most successful fashion companies in, uh, have always been those where the, the, the CEO and the creative director have a very symbiotic uh, chemistry between them. And, uh, and certainly since 2015, when Alessandro and, and, and Marco Pizzari came on board and set the course and set the culture, uh, yes, to your point, you know, we have now our community, which we're, we're 22,000 employees, wow. uh, that is... Uh, everyone sings hopefully sings from the same song sheet when you look at what you're doing whether it's events um or product um like off the grid or the la thing or roblox it's it's all cohesive and it all to the outside world you know the viewer it's the whole package it's it's 
but it's the shift in kind of embracing the digital realm as well with Gucci. I think I don't know whether any other company that's really doing it as well as Gucci are, to be to be frank, um, and to do all these like a virtual garden you did as well, um, and navigating storytelling differently using NFTs and technology. Um, I think it's it's very exciting to see that. And I think a lot of brands are probably trying to play catch up with you guys, I guess, because you have that. Almost when I look at some of the stuff that Gucci are doing, it, it reminds me of kind of the UK media. It reminds me a little bit when I was at the face when you kind of didn't have any rules and you could all just right. be a bit rebellious and a bit freer, um, grabbing right. people's attention. And it's yeah. it's very, very inspiring to see. Yeah. But it's just, I just look at all you're doing. It's like, my gosh, you've got, there's a lot on your plate, Robert. Well, uh, just saying that, I think again one of the things that uh, that that Alessandra believes in strongly, and that in a way has now become a very uh, tangible part of the DNA of, of of who we are, what we stand for, is uh, what I I call authenticity. In other words, if if we do something, we don't want it to be seen as kind of superficial or kind of some marketing gimmick. Um, so if we uh, decide to go down a particular road or try and pilot something that is, uh, is, is something new, we would always want to try to ensure that the way that we might enter that world or that space is done in, not only in terms of authenticity, but in terms of um, the, the appropriate way. So, for example, um, when we went into the world of Sims, the gaming world of Sims, mm -hmm. Alessandra engaged a Sims creator, not someone who worked for the gaming company, but someone who was a, an individual uh, who was passionate and, and is passionate about the Sims and who's become a creator within that world. And um, the same with Roblox. So I think that, that when you kind of make sure that before you enter a space or you're entering a community, you are learning from the community so that when you put that step forward, uh, mm -hmm. you come across uh, as authentic because you've you've made sure, as it were, that that the community is being respected uh, in the way that you're doing it. Yeah, I think it's important as well to, to build and Gucci are really great at doing this, of building inclusivity within the brand and the community. Um, and collaborating with others beyond fashion, I think um, Gucci are really great at that. Well, you know, the again, one of the disruptions that Alessandro uh, is is now pretty well understood and well known for is back in uh, in the past, luxury brands have been um, essentially uh, extremely controlling. You know, they've mm. they've never wanted any third party to kind of interfere, understandably, with their trademark or the way they do things. It's a, it's a very controlling environment. When Alessandro uh, came on board, I mean, he he realized that the world itself was changing. I mean, and social media is a good example of that because social media is a very collaborative uh, idea. I mean, you you social media is about a, a kind of two way communication. It's about co creation. Uh, and so um, one of the first things that happened was that he saw the work of uh, an artist called Gucci Ghost, uh, who yes. is, real, is Trevor Andrew. And, and, and he was captivated, Alessandro was captivated because uh, Gucci Ghost was employing a lot of Gucci's trademarks 
uh, to create uh, art. And, and Alessandro was inspired by that. Now, in the in the usual course of events, uh, what would happen is a, 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 a brand would get its legal department yes. to send a, a warning letter and say, you, you know, you can't use our marks, uh, uh, you can't use our IP, uh, please cease and desist. Alessandro instead called up Trevor and said, you know, would you like to come in? I'd love to have a chat and maybe we could do something together. And, and uh, so one of the very first collaborations that Alessandro embarked upon was, uh, was with, uh, with Gucci Ghost. Uh, and, uh, and subsequently there have be obviously been many, many others. So that, that notion of inclusivity, that notion of co-creation, which uh, I think is, uh, is very much of, of the era that we live in today, mm-hmm. Uh, has has really marked uh, Alessandro's chapter as uh, creative director at, uh, at Gucci. Yeah, you've, you've got to be very um, selfless, and and mm. um, to 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 be that open. I think to have you know and not have that jealousy, like you're saying, like issue illegal. You know, you're going to go after and sue somebody that's just trying to make a, a bit of a, a bit of a living by doing you know creative stuff using the Gucci logo. I think that's, but it's very forward thinking to to be like that, as you said, a lot of luxury. Company, I mean, it's unheard of, um, but that's another thing that Gucci are doing that's first. Um, it's collaborating. You've done so many collaborations. Are we allowed to know anything that's, that you're working on at the moment? You know, I mean, it's not it's not so much a secret because he kind of debuted it a few weeks ago in the uh, in the in the exquisite Gucci show. But uh, as it hasn't actually come out yet, I'll talk about it because I think it's another a really interesting example of uh, how co creativity can uh, achieve more than uh, just bringing two people together as it were and that that is what alessandro is, is doing with adidas uh, because uh, the, these two brands uh, gucci and adidas in the past have actually sometimes been a little bit at loggerheads because uh, the, there are uh, certain um, similarities between some elements of our trademarks um, uh, and what is what has happened in this coming together uh, is uh, this very, very organic uh, and creative uh, collaboration where uh, Alessandra has looked at these two incredibly powerful brands and, and their trademarks, and he's merged them together in really inspiring and, uh, and appetizing ways uh, in, the, in the collection. And uh, this collection is literally uh, just a couple of weeks or three, three or four weeks away now. And uh, I, I think it's another really interesting example of, of how um, uh, creativity and co-creativity can lead to something really uh, desirable and exciting. Uh, it, it isn't just a matter of kind of slapping logos on things. Mm. It's more, much more uh, thought through than that. So uh, that 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 I think is just uh, kind of the the most uh, recent example of uh, of that kind of thinking. That's going to be huge. That's so genius. Oh my god, that's so exciting. Yeah, no, I, we're we're excited. It's uh, it's going to be fun when it it hits the stores. I was going to ask about. I wanted to get because I wanted to just get you your opinion a little bit more on this, the, like balancing the narrative of staying, like how. Gucci stays authentic to its fashion roots, but while expanding into the new world of technology, of, of keeping the balance of that narrative. When Alessandro came uh, uh, and t- took over, uh, and remember that he had, had actually been at Gucci 
uh, 13 years uh, before he was made creative director. So his knowledge of uh, the archive, and remember that we're, we just celebrated 100 years uh, here. So his knowledge of our archive and, and Gucci in terms of fashion houses has probably one of the richest archives of any in terms of symbolism and motifs, uh, hardware. Uh, and so what Alessandro has done uh, ever since, literally since his first collection, which he famously produced in five days, it has been to uh, reinvent and uh, bring to life elements of the archive uh, in ways that are absolutely uh, relevant for today. And so one of his greatest capacities has been this, this notion of making uh, the past, the future and the present kind of coexist together uh, and bring storytelling to life and collections to life where you can't quite put your finger on the, the period or the era because mm. they're, they're just contemporary. They're just very modern, very relevant. And, and yet interweaved in all of this is Gucci's incredibly rich history, which, uh, which it, 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 you know, if you think about 100-year-old brands that have had a challenge making themselves relevant for today, that is, uh, that's quite an, an undertaking and it's quite an achievement. Yeah, no, it really is. That's um, I actually didn't realize he was at the house for so for that long beforehand. And I just can I have one last question I wanted to ask you. Um, what's what do you think has been the most difficult aspect of taking luxury the luxury fashion brand and, and making it inviting and marketable towards the gaming community? When you kind of open yourself uh, to a new community and and you are inclusive in the way that you approach collaborations. Um, of course, you definitely do need ultimately to have some framework that you're operating within. And, you know, as, as I say, as you, you enter a new world, you have to be respectful of, of the community that you're uh, beginning to uh, work with and, and that you're, um, uh, you're engaging with. So um, understanding how you can, as it were, set the framework uh, so that uh, that there is some, let's say, uh, regulation to what you're doing, some guidelines to what you're doing, and and making sure that ultimately it also respects your aesthetic. Um, you know that that is always an interesting challenge when you you start something completely fresh. I have to say that in in this case, what has been so fantastic is that uh, the creativity and the creators that we've uh, met along the way are um, uh, so talented and also so respectful mm. of, uh, of the brand. So they also want to do their very best to honor uh, the, the history of the brand and, uh, and, and all that the brand represents. So um, although it, uh, it might have seen somewhat daunting at the beginning, uh, in actual fact, it's been a pleasure uh, because we've uh, we've met so many interesting individuals along the way, and uh, and we continue to do so as we explore the NFT world uh, as well. Oh, Robert, thank you so much for your time today. It's um, I I have loads more questions, but we've been on for forty five minutes, I think, and I don't want to take any. I'll save that for part two, if that's okay with you. <laughs> of course, of course, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and I wish you all the best with the continued 
success with Gucci. It's um, like um, I said, thank you for supporting us. It's it's I'm just a massive fan of you and, and Gucci and, and will be forever, ever grateful. All right. And likewise, very best to you, too. Thank you for listening to that last episode. What a privilege that was listening to Robert. I can't believe he took time out of his intense work schedule to talk with us. Up next in our series is someone we interviewed back in our second issue, the environment issue. Her mission really found me and became my vocation. Finding a way to supply clean drinking water in underdeveloped countries became this ex-pro surfer's mission by default too. Please tune in next time as I speak to founder of Waves for Water, John Rose.